Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, and you're very welcome along to the latest episode in our From the Archives segment on the Streddycast. Today, I'm joined by none other than Mr. Pete Boyle. Pete, great to have you on with me today. How are you? Hi, I'm all right. Thank you. Good to be here. Good, good. Today, we're uh, chatting about a man who's considered by many to be the most important signing in the history of Manchester United, the one and only Eric Cantona. Now, Pete, Eric is a man that you know well. For those listening who aren't aware of you, your affiliation with the club or your friendship with Eric, would you kindly fill them in a bit, please? Yeah, I've been very lucky. Uh, I'm just an ordinary fan. I, I don't try and ever think anything more than that. But uh, I formed uh, a pretty good, you know, relationship with Eric down the years and culminating in a couple of years ago when I think well, it's quite funny on his Instagram when he referred to being in Norway for the weekend with my friend Peter Boyle in, in our friend's bar in Norway. And that was quite an honour, really. Yeah, uh, I remember first meeting Eric just as just as a fellow fan with fellow fans in uh, Budapest in nineteen ninety three, September ninety three. For uh, United were playing Holmberg away in the European Cup, as it was then, now the Champions League. First year back in the main competition after twenty six years without the league title, of course. And he was in the hotel, and obviously he joined United. The no, you know, the November before. So it was like, you know, everyone was still, you could just see the presence he had in the hotel foyer, you know, it's like, whoa, I can have a quick photograph. And we had a photograph. And, uh, and then the following, the following year, rather, uh, we played, uh, and do you remember when Eric had the famous, he had his arm in a bit of a plaster cast and injury. Yeah. He was, he was, out, he was out for about a week. And, and uh, 
was quite bizarre, really, because we we went to the Pebble and the Peak pub. You, a lot of people will know in Manchester, an iconic pub, uh, what you call a proper Irish pub, not like a fiend pub, an Irish pub. Been there years. <laughs> and it was a Tuesday night, and this is the most surreal thing, because obviously I've written a few songs at this stage about Eric, and the landlady's son, Morris, when we were drunk after an, a, a game, he'd often get his accordion out and start playing along to a few like classics, like, you know, Hello, Hello, We Are The Busby Boys, Oh Me Lads, and Forever and Ever, on his accordion. And we got to play Eric the King, the verses to, you know, the Eric the King music and all that. And somehow I've decided I was going to record an album. Now, I remember going back to 1993, It wasn't like doing it in your bedroom now with all this technology and Zoom calls and all the technology. You start to book a recording studio. It was all a bit of a ringing up and saying what you want to do is and there's me and a group of friends who don't play any instruments and we want to sing some football chants in a studio and I'm like mm, maybe we're a bit busy that week they were saying you know but anyway <laughs> I, I persuaded Morris to, to to come and play on the on the on the on the album songs from the bathtub which became quite iconic in its own way but and we were we were rehearsing on a Tuesday night upstairs in the Peveril pub Upstairs, and Nancy, the landlady, came up and she goes, Boys, there's somebody downstairs. That's a terrible Irish accent, I know that. Boys, there's somebody downstairs you might want to see. So I said, What? So we went downstairs, and man in mind, I had in my hand the lyrics to Eric the King and Mr. Genius, another song I've written about Eric, and a couple of other United songs, in my hand, and Eric Cantona is playing table football in the vault with, like, no one else around, him and three friends on a Tuesday night in 1994. And I went, and people who know me, <laughs> but I'm not often lost for words. And I went, ah. So I sat down, having a drink at the bar, nervously. And Danny, like, behind the bar at the time, and he'd never seen me. He was stunned. He'd never seen Pete Well open mouth, quiet. And he goes, he's looking at me, he's going, that's Pete, Pete Well, like, quiet. And he went, oi. To Eric, he says, he writes songs about you. And Eric goes, do you? Yeah. I went, yeah, yeah. And he had them in my hand. It was just the most surreal moment, right? Anyway, one of the guys with Eric was a guy called Claude Bolly. Uh, and his brother was, uh, he was a French, and his brother was called Basil Bolly, famous for headbutting Stuart Pearce in a France-England game. And he later joined Rangers uh, in the late 90s, I think. Now, Claude and I were studying in Manchester University and him and Eric were friends and uh, we just we just became we just became associated and me and Claude we, we kept in touch for a few years and then each time I wanted to do something like when we released Eric the King's single when Eric was in court uh, you know and I, I didn't want to I didn't want to do it and then Eric objects you know what I mean you don't, you don't want to like offend your idols so I didn't get through, you know I didn't go through any lawyers but I basically went to Claude and Claude come back and said, Eric says you can do what you want, Pete. You're okay. Well, okay, thank you. And then, of course, moving on, Eric was in court and uh, we went down to London uh, on the big, and we repaired on the big breakfast, which was quite a big show at the time on Channel 4. Yeah. We, we appeared singing badly in the morning uh, and then we went straight to Croydon Court to sing through. Uh, and then a couple of weeks later, when he, obviously originally Eric got sent down and got adjourned and bailed, and we went down again. And you're probably thinking at this stage, people listening, you know, not have jobs, not have families, or anything better to do. And I suppose we're in our 20s, didn't we? You know, we, we, our dedication was 
to defend Eric at the time. And we, but when we went to London for the midweek one, and we stayed in cars in a, in a, in a multi-storey car park, two carloads of us, and we were playing football at six, seven in the morning outside the court. And some security guards come out and went, have you come from Manchester for this? We went, yeah, yeah. And we were all like really bleary-eyed, you know. And then he went, wow. And they went, yeah, do you want to go inside to the court? We said, well, what do you mean? Yeah, and he gave us, the, he gave us some public gallery passes. Well, I've got number pass, I think number one for Eric Cantona's appeal. But when we got in the court that day, by this time, we were struggling to stay away. You can imagine, guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Eric comes in with Ned Kelly and, his, and Maurice Watkins, and Maurice sadly recently died, and he was, he was a nice guy, Maurice, the solicitor. And Eric was in court, and he got, you know, he, he, he got, they reduced the sentence to community service, which Eric really enjoyed, taught local kids football, etc. But Eric looked absolutely stunned knowing that we'd come from Manchester. And he came over at the end to the public gallery and went, thank you, thank you, we were going, it's all right, it's all right. So I think that cemented it a bit. And, um, you know, as a player himself, I mean, that was part of the relationship I would develop. So I never felt of it anymore. I was always in awe of him. And I used to make a joke that the first couple, the first few times that I sort of spoke to Eric or Fergie, I can only associate it like with being on a date or being in the company of someone you want to go on a date with when you're about 17. And when they say your name, you go, I went, Fergie or Eric said to me, hello, Pete, or hello, Peter. And I go, hello, hello. <laughs> now, normally, I'm buzzing if it's a young player, if, if, it's, if a young United player, Mark Rashford said, hello, Pete, or anyone like Scott McTominay did, you have, you know, great respect to him. But any player, you're buzzing deep down, but you can hold it together a bit more, I can hold it, you know. I've been very lucky over the years, you know, to do a few events with a lot of what we call legends, and, and they are legends. But when Eric or Fergie, I used to struggle for a while to keep it together. I was trying to be cool. At one stage, when I met Eric's wife, I was like this. And my mate went afterwards, what are you chewing? I went, nothing. <laughs> and he went, you are, you are. And I, you know, Eric introduced to his wife and leaned over and kissed his, his the cheek, chewing me, imaginary gum, making I look cool, you know. That's what you yeah. do. But... It was going back to 1998 when the, the Munich Memorial game when Eric obviously re- had retired the year before and come back to play in it. And, you know, Bartez was in there and it was a bit of an exhibition game. And afterwards that night, I was with Claude Bolly and Eric's family in, in one of the suites at Old Trafford. And we are on the table and, uh, and at the time, Eric's first wife was there. And she goes, hello, Pete. You know, that's a terrible French accent, probably worse than the Irish one. And I went... Isabel, she went, yes. I said, do you know who I am? You know, this is me being, well, being 28 years old. Yeah. She went, of course. After what you did for Eric, because we were watching you on the news and on this show and on that show. And I was going, whoa, whoa. And that was like, you know, that, that, was, that was quite a buzz. And so I don't ever think of it anymore. Of, um, I've been very lucky down the years. Uh, you know, often when he's been in Manchester, we've met up and we've just met up for a coffee or a chat and a drink and nothing, mate. I'm not, Eric's best mate. I'm not. I don't uh, claim that. Uh, I've done. I've done a few. You know, I've, I've met him quite a few times down the years, and uh, it's going to take some beating to the air. Uh, like I said, to going back to the trip uh, two years ago to uh, when I we had arranged finally to to get Eric to Norway. It took a lot of planning, and what was really good about it, it was like. Norway's a beautiful country. I go a lot. I'm going, I'm going there this Friday, actually, for somewhere I've not been before to Halden, but I've, 
I, can, I love Norway. It's a great country. Every part of it, I love, I've been to all over. I've been to remote places up north, right yeah, from the south, yeah. obviously the cities. But the place we went to, it was probably like going to somewhere like Sligo in Ireland in terms of it wasn't like, it wasn't Dublin. It wasn't, it wasn't in Galway. It wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it small, absolutely. It was a beautiful place like Sligo is, but it was small. The people that expected Eric to go to Norway to be in, to be in Oslo or Bergen or somewhere big like that, Stavanger, and he wasn't. And we went to this little small place and it's great place. And you've probably seen the videos of it with the guy, my mate, Jean-Eric, who's turned his basement of his house into a little, it's like a shrine. It's like a pub. About 70 people. People watch matches there. He's got a mini mega store in there, right? He's got, you have to be, see it to believe it. I mean, yeah, Alex, yeah, absolutely. Alex Stepney was over there recently. I went, I've been over with Gary Palace, the Dennis here and David May have been there. Uh, and Eric was there. And, you know, it was just, it was just the most surreal, you know, it's, I, I look, I've, I've woke up in that double hotel rooms, you know, like, you know, shade rooms, and I still pinch myself when I'm with, when I'm with Maisie or Dennis, or you know, Chucky or Pally, Sharpie, you know, there's been a lot of great lads who have been privileged to do it, you know, I'm going away with Norman and, and they remain in, in December and it's all great and they're all, they're all idols of mine. Well, I you think say you, you're... you've earned that, you know, you've earned that. I mean, you've, 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 you've put in the time. You know, this is the, it's the reward for the dedication that you've shown throughout the years. Yeah, and the thing is, I suppose in some ways it is, but I never set out to do that. I think there's some people now in the modern concept, you think, oh, I can do, I can do this, I can, I can do this. I mean, there's pe- used to be people right to United. United used to tell me this, but that's what it, people who write to United and say, can I have Pete's job when he leaves? As if I got paid by the club, which I mean, obviously didn't, writing songs. People yeah, thought, yeah. people thought it was a position. You know what I mean? I, just, I didn't do it, you know, and and, and the fact is, moving on now with the, with the Red Army, the strides they've made and the singing, I, I find, I'm quite comfortable at my age. I like to start the odd song off, but the fact is now, sometimes, because I've made myself a reputation with the songs, sometimes I felt obliged to get up. It was like we're playing a, a mundane game, a boring atmosphere, we're struggling against, you know, we're struggling against Coventry at home and no one's singing. So I'd get up because it was expected of me. And I've created that thing for myself. But it's nice now that like that most people want to start songs in that section of the ground, particularly, you know. But uh yeah, I mean, but like you know, so I, I didn't, you know, Israel, these were idols of mine, these people I've said now. And it's great to go over, but I never ever thought to myself, oh yeah, one day I'll be going away with doing doing events with like with with, with, with with these players on the pitch. And I never thought that in the 90s. I never thought I'd be going away and going to trips to Norway and Ireland with these people. You don't do it's just a part of it's how life's gone on like and uh but I mean I remember a couple of years ago you know the time we had with you know we we went to Norway on the Thursday we picked up Eric and his two brothers and you know it was in this like 20 seater like coach with Uar Cantona on the side and traveling through the Norwegian countryside and you probably see one of the Got quite an iconic picture of me and Eric's brothers sat on the coach together, you know. And that was quite surreal having a two hour journey. And in lots of ways, you know, of all the times I've met Eric, you sort of get to know each other a bit more when you're traveling in that close proximity where you're just chatting rather than having a 10 minute chat here and a 10 minute chat there. And we had a, we had a great time. We could, you know, we, we had, them, had their own time and we stayed in a beautiful part of Norway and we went on a boat trip, about eight of us on this little speedboat, and Eric drove the boat for a bit. And it was like, you know, Eric was taking pictures on an old-fashioned camera of locals who had no idea who he was, you know what I mean? Eric was going, good morning, and they were going, morning, and Eric was going, shh, 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 shh. You know, that's what I was standing there going, that, 
Maybe that was what Kung told yeah. you. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just, a, it was just the most amazing weekend. And yeah, but as, as a bloke, as a footballer, let's move on to what he means. We know what he means. That's what he means to me. And he still means to me. He's still an idol. Everyone knows, you know, people can... Uh, his record speaks for itself, doesn't it, really? I mean, won the, won the league four years in five years, four, four, four times in five seasons. And the one time we didn't win it was when, because Eric was missing, obviously, for, for that last part of the season, which, you know, you can people can blame me for that. But what I'm saying is, it's quite telling his contribution, you know, and uh, I think Fergie made, you know, Fergie was building a good team and you can't underestimate the signings of Smichael and Dennis Irwin either. They were all good, you know, good signings. Pally was a good signing and Bruce were good signings in their own way. But Leclerc was the first person to break the 20 goal. I think that often gets overlooked about Leclerc. Leclerc, towards the end of his career, you know, perhaps, perhaps like a lot of people, perhaps he, he was played too much. Some people would say he was played but McClare made a contribution that, you know, it was very understated, I think, by a lot of people. But, but Eric... No, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the way it is. I mean, they, obviously there's 11 players there. But, I mean, Eric... I mean, when, when you're looking at it all, it's, it's, a, it's a team. McClare was amazing. I mean, the foundation that actually came in there when, 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 when Canton had joined and he, he, he assembled into that kind of trio going alongside Hughes. McClare drops slightly further back the field. In almost yeah. this sort of creative aspect without Canton and Hughes up front, but it was the like with, with Eric coming to the club. I mean, he's the definition of a man who literally came, saw, and conquered all before him. I mean, obviously his his legacy at United it's littered with obviously an array of talking points, but on and off the field as you touched upon as well. But the man yeah. was like he was graced with such elegance. Uh, the footballing well, and, world. and also and also what what is what is almost. Telling about Eric is the ridiculously young age he retired at, really, for modern footballers, because he was such in such good shape. And I was, I was, I felt like it sounds about being too over the top, because he's, he's worked lots of things have happened in life, and people, more serious things in football, and people, you know, people lose people, and seeing that during the pandemic, but it almost felt at the time the day Eric announced his retirement, it almost felt like a bereavement without being over the top about more serious things. And I'm not trying to say football's more important and all that, but, but it was a very sad moment, very som- sombre was the word. But on reflection, and Fergie obviously thought he could have gone on a bit longer, but Eric thought that he was at his peak. He peaked. Eric, let's be honest, Eric's last season wasn't a bad season at all. It's just that the season before was so good, it was hard to maintain it. Because the season he came back from the ban, he literally single-handedly changed game. We had lots of 1-0 wins. He came up with a vital moment right up until the cup final with the last four minutes when he scored the winner against Liverpool. And that season was going to be hard to be better for him. He had a good season, the following season, but I think maybe going out in Europe where we did to, to Dortmund and maybe, and Eric just felt like he couldn't, he, he, Eric, I think Eric felt he wasn't giving everyone value for winning the fans because he, he, he felt that his game, he, he hadn't gone rubbish, but Eric felt he, he, he peaked at his best. And, he, and he's, that, that's just a testament to a man because a lot of, a lot of lesser people would have carried on and tried to get a few more contracts out of it and carried on and carried on. And it's a bit like a band, if you really like a band, but you know they should have packed up years ago. You know what I mean? They're releasing, well, you know, that fourth and fifth album, were, you know, they, could, they should have called it a day really. 
And I think, you know, some back, some people are in danger of that. Now, don't get me wrong, some footballers can go on and they look after themselves. Ronaldo, Ronaldo is a prime example of that. He really looks after himself and, you know, he's still banging them in, isn't he? you know what I mean? But I think with Eric at the time, he felt he had, he, he had sort of got to that peak. And I think he felt he didn't, he didn't want to go to a situation where maybe he was, you know, he was, he was, he, he was maybe being only used for certain games. And there was no indication Fergie would have done that. But you know what I'm saying? Was, you I feel think, that maybe mentally he was at a point where I've come, I've, I've achieved what I've achieved over the five years and everything that he'd done prior to United. And that he's sort of thinking, can I really go further than this? Do I have the desire to be able to try to go further? And yeah, maybe just to perhaps, yeah. I suppose, negate the decline. Perhaps if we perhaps if we beat Dortmund, then we've gone to the final European Cup. Perhaps he would have got another added zest and his taste for it, and could have gone on and won it again. You know, but because you think about you know two years later, what would have happened? Would he have been, you know he could have? It's football's full of different buts. We were talking about the fact that really had things turned out differently. Norman Whiteside could have been playing alongside Eric and that. You know. Norman finished at a ridiculously cruel, cruel age in football. I know he'd only moved to Everton, but what I'm saying is, if things if things have changed out were differently, Eric and Norman could have won the treble in their last years or something, couldn't they? You know, you know Robbo won the league in his last two years of his career. You don't know. I'm not wishing things to. I'm pleased for what Eric did and what his achievement. You know, falling in five years is is testament to it. But I just think that although I was gutted when he left, I'm not trying to contradict myself. I respected what he did because I think that, like a true artist he is, he felt, yeah, I've done that now. And look at the, look at look at the way he, he completely changed his he changed his life. He, he moved to Barcelona initially. Now he lives in Portugal. He did the acting, and let's be honest with you, he might have been getting an acting part because of his football notoriety originally. But make no bones right now, he's got he's got respect as an actor, and he's but not the same because he's Eric. If it, if it was a bit like, you know, God, you know it's, it, Eric, Eric's acting is not exactly the people like in The Great Escape who are just doing walk, on walk-on parts and say one word. Eric's acting now is, is pretty is pretty rare and respected, I think. You know, he's done some quite diverse things. He's a bit of a household name in parts of France for his, uh, for his acting. So I think you've got to admire him for that, the way he's, just, he's moved on and attacked other things, really. Well, absolutely, yeah. And I mean, I, I, I think the easiest way of describing Canton, in my own opinion, I mean, I, I'm not privileged to have had the experiences that you've had, but he, like, he's the definition of what I would class as an enigma. I mean, there's nobody like Eric. Eric is uh, the definition of unique. I mean, the charisma and the dynamism that he had on the football field, the off the football field, it was obvious Like when he decided to hang up the boots, as he did, at the, I suppose, at an early age. He did for whatever reason he wanted, but I mean, he was never finished and he's still not finished. He's got so much more to come, you know, and it could be in whatever aspect he chooses, really, because I, I don't think he feels, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, you've, 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 you've shared plenty of drink with him, but I'd imagine he could turn his hat at anything, or at least he thinks he could turn his hat at anything. Yeah, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, how, in what you know, way he's looked up to. Very well known actor called Christopher Eccleston, used to be former Doctor Who, of course, and been in some great films like Leading Roles and Shallow Grave and Our Friends from the North. He's a very good actor, Cracker. You know, he, he's done a lot, but, you know, he's a renowned actor, Chris Eccleston, very down-to-earth, but a big United fan from Salford. And one of Eric's first bit part films after finishing football was the film called Elizabeth, you know, about the monarch. 
And Chris Eccleston told me this story about 20 years ago, actually. Yeah, it must be 20 years ago, easily. Because it was about 1998, I think, 1999. And Chris Eccleston had the main part in this film, one of the main parts. And Eric was just a little small part. And they had a small break in record, in rehearsing, in doing the recording. And Chris was walking around. And Eric sat down on the Queen's throne just for a break, like that. And then he saw the main actor, Chris Eccleston, come. And he went to get up out of the throne. And Chris Eccleston said, no, no, no. You're always the king. You're always the king. Uh, and, he said, and he said, you know what, Pete? Chris said, it just looked, even though it was a film, it just looked like it was right. He was sat there with his arms spread out on the throne. And I thought, I can't stop him. And this was like, Eric probably wasn't aware at the time, probably does now, how much of a fan Chris was of him, you know. And, uh, and, that, and that sums up, really, yeah, that that's the shows you how. And also, I mean, going back to his friend Claude, uh, Claude Bollin, French guy, he used to tell me stories about when Eric was at United and they'd go out to restaurants in Manchester. And Eric... Eric I've been well known at different clubs, but he'd, he'd never been, he'd never had the adulation that he had at United. He'd never, they were all a bit took aback by it wherever they went. People would literally be, be falling down and going, oh, Eric, you know what I mean? That wasn't just me, by the way. That was everyone. But it was in this restaurant in Manchester, Claude said, and uh, there was a woman there. She had like a real tough looking, like, like a bit of a gangster husband, whatever, you know. And she went, oh, Eric, you go, you can have my children. Where do you want to go? Oh, Eric, and all that. And Eric and his met and Claudia went, okay, okay. And the, the other guy looking a bit snarled, but he was all right. With me, you know? And then you get to the <laughs> situation where, you know, even, even, even the truth of the matter is, even uh, you know, even even a few city fans around, you know, I mean, they all knew. They might, they might, what they might say, look at gigs, look at gigs about, or, about certain players. They saw like modern players. But when they saw Eric, people didn't. You know, Eric didn't get abused in Manchester. Eric got every people would say, "Well, there's Eric Cantona." And you have to look at like Liam Gallagher. Well, you know how he, you know, once he, Liam Gallagher, you know, want, would always have. He even said at the time back in the 90s, much as he hated you know, he goes, "That Cantona's a geezer." You can see now. Now he's he's like well, he asked Eric to appear, and Eric appeared in one of his videos and all that. And I think that he had that sort of yeah, uh, yes, that sort of appeal. You know what I mean? He's got that respect. You know, people don't people wouldn't have you know. Yeah, but people in the people that might see him on the pitch and they're coming off a pitch, and if, if they're standing at Main Road or at Anfield or Elliot, obviously Elliot, they'll all screen abuse at him. But I think most people, if they see him at Cantona then, if they see him at Cantona now at an airport or in a city centre, I think most people would go up to him and shake his hand and ask for a photograph rather than. Of course, he's a living legend. Yeah, he's a living legend. I mean, he's. He's phenomenal. He's, uh, I mean, he's the king. He's the king for a reason. And I mean, he, he, he even take the wonder there, you know, and he got uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame there fairly recently. And uh, like in, in, in the most typical fashion, I'm very happy, very proud. But at the same time, I'm not surprised. You know, I mean, that's just yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. It's fantastic. Even well, it is one of his speeches when he, when he won the, uh, the, the award in 1994, I think it was, you know, the football PFA award, whatever. Yeah, yeah. He says, I'm very happy, very pleased. Uh, thank you to my coach, Alex Ferguson, to the fellow players. He goes to the fans, he goes, and thank you for the ones who didn't vote for me. I think he might have said the ones who didn't vote for me, you know. 
And it was just like, yeah, it was, it was brilliant. And like I said, he's like, like he's been some great players that you know see down the years, and you know some never like, you know some great players really maybe deserved a song, never got a song about them. Eric's got songs, you know, 1997. So it's like you know twenty, you know twenty five years since he stopped playing. And uh, next year, and, and, you know, and, and he's like, he's still got songs sung every game about him, every game with his songs sing live. And, and you know, we had, an, in, in my time, you know, he had a full album of songs, Camden the album came out, you know. It was the only album in, only album in 1995 in NME, Numerical Express, to get 10 out of 10. You had Oasis with Morning Glory, got six out of 10 by the critics. I think you had... Uh, Pulp got seven out of ten, a different class. Uh, I think I think the Great Escape by Blur got nine out of ten, and Cantonati album got ten out of ten by Pure Luck. The guy yes. that reviewed it with the United fan, I didn't know at the time, but I know now. Johnny Cigarettes, and he reviewed it in NME, and he said, "Is this song about that? Is this song about that?" He said, "Pete Boyle provides." excruciating rhymes. I'm just buzzing because I was mentioned in NME in a review, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, and, he, and he said, and he said, marks, and he said 10 out of 10 naturally. So yeah, it might have been tongue in cheek, but it got 10 out of 10 in the musical express and that's something I, know I can always say to my kids, you know what I mean? Absolutely, man, yeah. You know, I, 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 I'm fully aware of the, the dates and years that go along with this. But even when you say it there, the over 20 years, like it, it doesn't feel like that long, sure it doesn't. It's, gone by no. so quickly and uh but 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 you can still remember every moment so clearly like that goal against Sunderland everything you did it just the celebration the he he was one of a kind absolutely one of a kind out of curiosity's sake from all of the uh the meetings and uh and uh, the opportunities you've had to share time with him was he any different on a one-on-one basis uh I think what you can say is, is that he's so once you get once you're lucky enough to be in his trust, he's, he's just an, he is a normal bloke. He's not, he might not, when when he appears when he appears on, on any interviews or he knows completely how to answer things. He's, he's so articulate and clever. Because remember when I was in Norway with him, it was only a couple of weeks after he had a big beard, and he was talking about when he was at the awards and he was talking randomly about. And, and Messi and Ronaldo were looking at each other. Do you remember in the audience? Mm. It, was some, it was some awards for FIFA or something. And Eric, Eric, Eric was going on one like, and, and all, everyone was looking like, going, okay. And then two weeks later, Eric was just completely, I was laughing at him and I said, the faces of Ronaldo. And we were talking about it. I said, what yeah, was yeah. funny? So what was probably funny with what you said was the faces of Messi and Ronaldo was going, wow, we don't know what's going on here. You know what I mean? And, uh, no, Eric's fine. Eric is uh, Eric takes no mugs, takes no prisoners. Uh, yeah, it's the way it should be. It's the way it should be. He took no prisoners on a football field. Yeah, he takes no prisoners but, off the field. And well, I mean, he's, 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 he's you know he's very good. He's very good fun to be away from his company. Like I said, uh, had a good, we had a very good laugh with some in jokes. And you know, you've probably seen the video I've tweeted enough times about that. Yeah, Chris Waddle because basically the fast show was. What it is, but the story behind it briefly is basically when I go to Norway, when a lot of my Norwegian friends, because most of them speak perfect English, obviously Norway, and when they start speaking in, in fluent Norwegian, I'm, I always go, I originally used to go, this, 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 Chris Waddle. And they, and they were going, what are you talking about, Chris Waddle? So I yeah, told yeah. them to get from the past year, the Norwegian. 
So my close bunch of Norwegian friends, they know the Chris Waddle joke. So when we was in Norway, I forgot that Eric and his brothers were like in the room. And we were just talking and they were talking in Norwegian briefly. And I went, this, 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 Chris Waddle. And then Eric yeah. and his brothers went, Chris Waddle. Because obviously yeah. Eric's brother, <laughs> Eric played with him at Marseille. And I went, all oh, right. So I had to explain the gag. So then Eric agreed to do it with me. The Chris Waddle, it's a good yeah. legend, you know. You know what I mean? So, oh, it's fantastic. Sort of thing. We were doing that all weekend in between little different parts of the weekend, and we went to a few visits, different places, and then we could just do it. And even on stage, when I asked him a question at the end of the Q and A, and he forgot what the question was, and then near the end, he went, "This is the Chris Waddle," and about <laughs> ten people in two hundred people laughed, and everyone else in this room of Norwegians thinking, "What's he on about?" You know what I mean? It was quite brilliant. Really. That's fantastic, man. No, uh, look, it's it's one of those things that, as I said, he's an enigma. He's a once-in-a-lifetime player. We were, uh, I suppose, someone like myself, I was lucky to get to witness him, television and in the flesh, going back and forward to the games. Uh, obviously, you've had a completely different perspective. In my own opinion, I'd say the predominant factor in the majority of his performances on the field, it was the aura that he had around him. Um, I suppose it often seemed like a very lethargic approach that he had this grace and a commitment to winning. And I think it saw him elevate the performance of his teammates as well as obviously inspiring Old Trafford to regularly respond in that sort of 12th man manner. I think overall with him, when I look at him, I mean, it's a combination of the goals, the assists, the celebrations, the controversy, the quotes, the overall brilliance. I mean, I think it's, 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 it's fitting that he was graciously referred to as King Eric. I mean, to me, he's going to stand with his legacy as a stuff of legend. I'm sure you agree with that. And, yeah. and, and his importance to a side that dominated the early years of the Premier League is obviously undeniable. I mean, for me, and, I, and I'm sure for many, I, he's obviously the defining cog in Sir Alex Ferguson's winning machine. I think to the Reds who were privileged to watch him live, he's simply our Eric, isn't he? I mean, I, with... Uh, I suppose with that, um, I got to say thank you very much, Pete, for, for joining me today. I mean, the stories that you tell are phenomenal. And I hope anybody that gets to listen to this will enjoy listening back on these real life perspective and these face to face environments that you had with one of the greatest to ever do it. If anybody ever wants to get in touch with you, Pete, uh, how can they get you on your socials? Yeah, get, get follow me on uh, Twitter, Boyle, uh, B, B Pete, B Pete1970. Just search people Man United Twitter it usually comes up and I uh, got hold of me yeah and, uh, but uh, yeah I enjoyed it He's, I always enjoyed talking about Eric so it's been like a normal day it's like a normal day at the breakfast table or the dinner table with my family when they say can't we talk about something else now Absolutely. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. Um, well, look, yeah, anyone who does follow you, they might get the uh, privilege of ca- catching a couple of the Chris Waddle videos as well. I'm going to leave you guys today uh, with one defining quote from one of the very best ever wear the famous shirt, nice and simple, and that I am not a man, I'm Cantona. Anybody listening here today, you want to just uh, drop a follow at Streddy News and at Streddy Cast. You want to get in touch with myself, it's at Sean Connolly 85. And as Pete said, he's got his tag. Pete, lovely talking to you. And um, we look forward to speaking again. Thanks so much. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.